0: Welcome to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. This is episode 174 and I am your host, the underground king, Serge Vicente. And yo, I'm excited about this one. I know I say it a lot. I do. I do say it a lot, but, man, I am legitimately excited. We have a great episode for you today. Um, this fight weekend. Come on, man. It, it's This is what we wait for. Big fights. This is what I love. This is the reason I started doing this, man. So, look, I'm vibing. I've been listening to Griselda all day. I, I feel the hustle, I'm ready to go, man, so check it out, positive vibes only, positive vibes only, I'm loving this, so today, what are we gonna jump into, you know what it is, it's Wednesday, Wednesday could only mean one and one thing only, five rounds of fight news come on man that's what we got going on today man so we have five rounds of fight news I will also be giving my picks for this weekend's UFC 246 headline by Conor McGregor the return of Conor McGregor and Donald Cowboy Cerrone but yo really quick before it before we jump into that Let me go ahead and give a shout out to sponsors. That is Sage Eats. Sage Eats Chicago is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They cook and deliver healthy meals directly to your client's home or office. If you are not in Chicago, yo, I feel bad for you, but it's okay. They have something for you. Sage Eats fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation. So they'll go out there, they'll have an expert reaching out to you, writing workouts for you, and guiding you along your journey through health, nutrition, and fitness, man. So check out Sage Eats today, Sage Eats Chicago, SageEatsChicago.com, SageEatsChicago.com. Check them out. Social media, also go ahead, if you sign up today, you will get 10% off of your first three months. Also, don't forget to tell your friends, your family, all the combat sports lovers in your life about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe that's right here the fight podcast everywhere podcasting is available apple google spotify soundcloud stitcher man you could even check us out on the website thefightpodcast.com Com hosted by your boy the Underground King. Check me out on all social media platforms. Also at Serge Vicente. All right, let's go ahead and jump on into this episode today, man. I can't wait. I waited a little longer than I normally would, man, because I wanted to see the weigh-ins. I wanted to give you guys all. All the pieces, I wanted to see what they said, I wanted to see how they looked, I wanted to see the face off before I made my picks. So, what's on the menu for today? Obviously, we are going to go ahead and make our picks for UFC 246. I am also going to go ahead and discuss, yo, Anthony Pettis and you I have a beef. You're not going to believe this story that we have for you guys today. What happened between Anthony Pettis, who's actually fighting on UFC 246, and USADA, the doping agency. Also, yo, Conor McGregor's saying that, man, he's really going to be making it rain after this fight. Conor's saying he's making... So much money, you are not going to believe this dollar amount. We'll talk about that next. Jessica Panay, also former UFC fighter, she recently retired. She's saying she was she's retiring because she was bullied by Usada, that's very same anti doping agency. I'm going to tell you about that and Usada's response. I have some fight announcements as well. All of this is going to be on this episode, man. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump on into the episode. Five rounds of fight news. Conor McGregor. We already know what it is, man. He is by far the biggest name in MMA history. I've been very critical on here, and any anywhere anybody else can can honestly hear me. The reason I'm critical of him is because, look, I'm going to be very honest with you guys. I was a fan. I'm talking about super fam. Fam, I almost bought a T-shirt of another grown-ass man. I almost had a white dude sitting on my chest with a crown on. Because I was such a big fan of this dude. And then his inactivity. And then truly watching him turn from... In wrestling terms, a babyface to a heel. I, I just I didn't appreciate. I didn't appreciate because I felt like the fans. The fans, the diehards, we were the ones. That put them there. We were the ones that told the world, yo, you need to check this dude out. He's incredible. And then he just went out there and and pissed on all of our heads, man. Legitimately treated us all like peasants. And 1,000% disrespected the game. Now here, look, I'm all down. And I am absolutely here for a redemption story. I am. I love a redemption story. And if this is the first step in Conor McGregor redeeming himself, you can tell my man has been out here doing damage control. Left and right. He's being in the build up to this fight. We're used to seeing the very, even at the very beginning. We're used to seeing a very loud and brash Conor McGregor. That's what everybody fell in love with. That's what everyone expected. And he's been extremely subdued. In the lead up to UFC 246. Now, it could be because of allegations. It can be because he truly wants to just get himself focused, which it sounds like he's saying. I spoke about that at length at you, at uh, episode 173 uh, that dropped on Monday. You should go ahead and check that out. So there's been a lot. But he's been back. He's been talking. And like I said, he's been saying a lot of great things in the media. Um, he's saying everything you're supposed to say. And honestly, the media is throwing him some lobs. But it's okay, I'm here for it. The event is here, and let's just keep it a buck. Combat sports is better, MMA is better when Conor McGregor's here because that's when it gets the most exposure. That is how our sport grows when we have stars. I get that, I, I understand the business. I, it is what it is. But in a talk that he recently had with Ariel Hawani. Ariel Hawani man, one of, if not the biggest combat sports MMA journalists in the world. I'm not going to say combat sports. I'm going to say MMA. He has Ariel Hawani show. I referenced it a lot on this show. I've been critical of him, too, because he absolutely could be a little rougher on Conor, but he chooses not to because he wants to get the interview. I get it. I don't know if I respect it, but I get it. So he goes out there, and he actually... Has an at length in person interview with Conor McGregor that aired earlier on ESPN this week on Monday, actually on the Ariel Hawani show. And Conor said something that I'm not going to lie, man, I, I didn't expect. Conor goes on the record and said he is going to make not 1 million, not 2 million, not even 10 million. He said he's going to make 80 million dollars at UFC 246. In fact, look, don't take my word for it. This is what Conor had to say in his own words.
1: nice paycheck. <laughs> Most ever? Probably in, 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 in my mixed martial arts career, yeah. Really? Mm, Can you uh, give us the range? We knew how much you made for Mayweather. Yeah, I'd say about, it could be... I'm estimating a good 80 million 80? Mm. come on yeah because I have like I said we got the Australia and and, uh, Canada and England and and Ireland and should be a good
0: one wow what did you make for Habib? 50 15 I wow 80 no one's ever made anything most MMA fighters combined haven't made that
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so look, Connor's back to dropping off his catchphrases. Man, always a witty dude. Um, $80 million. And against Khabib, he said that he made $50. Now, I, now I'm not going to lie. I, I can get skeptical from time to time. I can. And when I heard that number, I thought it was insane because I know for a fact that in 2019, the entire UFC roster didn't make $80 million. Are they really going to give it to a guy who hasn't won a fight since November 12th, 2016? Fam, Barack Obama was the president last time Connor won a fight. Oh doesn't that seem so long ago Brock come back it's okay we got Bernie uh but it is what it is man look um okay so look I'm not just hating on dude if he's making 80 million man great for him I think this is a little bit of Conor being the the character of Conor McGregor he has to talk about how much money he makes and this, this is his character it's a facade. It's, a, it's an elevated version of himself. I get it. But my man's lying through his teeth, fam. Look, he's going to make $5 million guaranteed. That is already on the books. We understand that. He gets a flat rate. Right, the brought bong. There. But he also does get pay-per-view points. Now, here's where it gets tricky. In terms of him fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov for the title. A year ago, that was um, uh, November of 2000, 2018, when he actually fought Khabib Nurmagomedov for the UFC's lightweight 155-pound title, where he ended up, um, as we all know, he got tapped, right? Fourth round, he lost the fight. That was the biggest pay-per-view in UFC history. They made they had two, four, 2.4 million pay-per-view buys so if he said he made 50 million for that with the pay-per-view buys I don't truly know the incentives but I can truly see him making because he was on the books he made 3 million so I don't know what they did behind the scenes but I'm gonna be honest with you 3 million 5 million I don't see how you get um, the numbers and the jumps that he did, man. So think about this, man. He reportedly made five million. Cowboys only reporting reportedly making two million. Dana also claims that the gate is only ten point six million. Now, this is something that I find to be really interesting. Here, also think about this: ESPN Plus currently only has two million subscribers we've talked a lot even on this show about how the double paywall that you have to get the to watch the ufc pay-per-view now you need to have espn plus which is whatever 10 bucks a month and then if you want to go ahead and actually get the pay-per-view you have to actually order it through the app so it's a double paywall and less and less people are actually utilizing that now here comes to my next point. This fight is actually not even sold out yet. There's still empty seats there. So you have a, an arena that's not sold out. We have all this stuff, and so all I'm saying is this: Is he making eighty million? No. Is he still filthy rich? Absolutely, man. So um I just think this is part of Conor. It's the facade. It's the it's the he's money. Like he's he's money Mayweather. The notorious Connor McGregor has to be flashy, has to do these things. I think it's fun, but yo, don't, don't believe the hype. <laughs> All right, now um moving right along. Yo, Anthony Showtime Pettis. Anthony Pettis has always been a fan favorite, one of my personal favorite fighters of all time uh, unfortunately he lost his last fight to Nate Diaz but hey silver lining we got Nate versus Jorge for the BMF title right so there was something that came up in that specific fight with Nate Diaz that Pettis didn't talk about prior to the fight or after he didn't make any excuses and this story is so crazy i i just couldn't believe it when i heard it so he had interviewed this past week and in that interview he went out there and again described a story when he had to take a test with usada which is the ufc's in-house anti-doping agency here is anthony pettis's video
1: Um, I did the first drug test and uh, it was too diluted because like I mean, when you rehydrate, it's like too much water in you. So they had to do a second drug test, but I had to wait until I had to pee again. So um, I was about like an hour and a half before the fight and I had I had to go again. And uh, you got to tell the, the guy, let's get this done. Um, I'm closing, the, I do the piss test. I'm closing the, the second bottle, the first bottle up. I'm closing the first bottle up. That's like a twist cap. So I'm, I'm twisting the cap. I put it inside of a uh, plastic bag and I see blood, man. I'm like, what the f- Blood in this bag, and I, I look at my hand, and uh, I gash my thumb on the uh, Usada. Usada drug test. What? So um, I, yeah, I call the UFC doc in. You know, I'm telling Usada what's going on. UFC doc comes in. He's like, "All right, you need stitches, so we can do two things. We can stitch you, and then you'll probably bleed in the fight, or we can glue you shut." What? Would, uh, and then it would it would, it would it would hold for the fight, but then you won't bleed in the fight if we glue you shut. So I'm like. Man, like I had to make a decision one hour before my fight. Like, do I want to get stitched up? Do I want to get glued up? Um, you know, Dana comes back. My coach is like, "No, we're not fighting." Duke was, Duke didn't want me to fight. But I had a perfect training camp. I felt amazing. And in my head, I'm like, "Man, like with the cuts on my thumb, like they're not going to stop a fight for for blood on my thumb." And then, uh, you know, that, that was my, my my process, my my thought mind going into it. Then um, the doc comes in. He's so, like, "All right, let's let's do this glue thing." So we glue it shut. They hit it with a, a light, and made, like a flashlight, and it like made, it made it like harder not to glue. It burned like crazy, so like glue shut. Um, the house is gonna tape my hands up for the fight, so I get the hand glue shut. Um, I talk to my fiance, I talk to dude. Dude doesn't want me to fight. Um, it's kind of up to me at that point. Like, what put I want to do? Um, so you know, I, I'm like, all right, let's let's tape my hands and let's see how I can warm up. So I go to tape my hands, and house is tape my hands by him like spreading my fingers like this, the webbing broke again so he had to like put this like seaweed wrap on it with some tape to make it stop bleeding
0: you've yeah. not talked about this before right yeah i couldn't talk about it because uh you know i gave usada a
1: chance to make a fight um and uh right now we're, we're, we're going through some uh the court um i gotta sue him you're suing usada for this yeah uh, for sure i mean the test you can the, the rules are the the person administering the drug test can't us that touch that bottle, the glass, the glass bottle that we put it in. Yeah. So I had to touch the glass bottle. I had to close it. I gave him a, a piss test before, so this is my second piss test of the night. And uh, you know, closing the glass top, with something was like a jagged edge on it or something, and it dashed my hand, bro. And yeah. I had to get cleaned up before my fight. <laughs> Chill. Let's just
0: call. Dog. This. That. This was a... That's crazy. That is absolutely bananas that USADA, the organization that is supposed to be here to help us, had faulty equipment and it actually cut Anthony Pettis' hand right before he went out to fight in one of the biggest fights of his career. Think about how crazy that is. Fam, they're going to go out there and... And we can't say, you can't tell me if people say, oh, Serge, man, that's just his thumb. That probably didn't bother him. Think about the emotional back and forth. You're about to go out there to fight. Your coach is telling you, nah, you shouldn't do this. You're consulting with your fiance. You're doing shit. So you're going back and forth. You can't tell me. Anthony Pettis went into that fight 100%. And then let's not forget adrenaline it or not. Fam, a gash on your hand is a gash on your hand. That's going to bother you during the fight. Now, Anthony Pettis is a a true champion, former champ at 155. Um, He defended his belt. He's also somebody whom, again, one of the WEC. He is a legend. He's a warrior. You're not going to stop this dude from competing. But man, you USADA. USADA continues, in my opinion, to drop the ball and really do more damage than good. Now, round three coming up is also about USADA, but it's about Jessica Penne. So Jessica Penne is actually... Another UFC fighter. She was a title challenger at one point in time. She competed at a 115. She got beaten by Joanna Jacek. No shame in that. But her career, especially in the UFC, was up and down. She had a couple injuries. A couple years ago, she pissed hot for some substance. Two years later, she came back. Her fight was scheduled. And, and then again, since she had to pull out again because of some substance, and they said now nah, USAD is giving her a four-year suspension for whatever she pissed hot for this past time. Jessica Penney say it's a farce. She's saying that they're bullying her out. She went on and she had a long soliloquy on her IG page. Where she pretty much said, yo, I, I've been having to get put GoFundMes up. I'm spending thousands of dollars in court to fight you guys. I'm riding Uber and other ride shares, man, just to make ends meet. So she's she's hurting. She's sad, and I get it. And I'm be honest with you, when I first heard this story, I was all over you, Sada. I was like, yo, this was trash. They're super trash. Why do we have them? Look, they're pushing out another great fighter. But, uh ah-ha. Ah-ha. Yo. They are here for a reason. And here's the thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Man, I think I kind of rock with you side on this one. So, this is an article by mmafighting.com Damon Martin, great writer over there. But he was writing on this thing. And I just want to go through what you to said. So on Friday, last Friday, the UFC Strawway released this long, long talk um uh, post that I was telling you about, talking about already after serving 18th month suspension. Um she said she's heartbroken, all that good things that I told you guys about that. But she tested um for an extremely low levels of stanazolol which is an anabolic steroid that has been banned at all times for athletes in the UFC. From 93, when the UFC started, that drug was already banned. It's always been banned. Okay. She also then goes on to say um, she went through great lengths and great financial costs, have her supplements tested in an attempt to prove her innocence as a victim of the contaminated product. Uh, Penny claims that the labs where she, the supplements tested, found the product tainted with the Stenzabalol. Hope I'm saying that right. But USADA did their own independent testing of her product. Piss test essentially, which she says refuted those results. Given Jessica Penne's public statement, we can confirm her positive test for Stanzalal. side officials also goes on to say in this statement, however, there are many factual inaccuracies and unfounded allegations in her statement, including that she has been forced out of the UFC. In fact, she has exercised her right to contest the case before an independent arbitrator per the request of USADA, receiving after she's released her public statement. Under the UFC's anti-doping policy, all athletes have the right to present the facts and circumstances during a full hearing we look forward to the opportunity to present the facts and evidence through this process so check this out as a part of the UFC's anti-doping policy fighters are able to go out there and refute those those allegations um but those can cost between 30 and 40000 dollars right all right so She's 36. She hasn't fought her since April 2017. I'm going to be honest with you. That drug? Fam, those are steroids. That is not some cutesy designer whatever. Fam, those are anabolic steroids. That is Mark McGuire. That is Arnold Schwarzenegger. That is those type of steroids. And she said she had him in life from like her, like a birth, uh, like birth control or something. Look, man, it's unfortunate. I think USADA is a little overly aggressive at times. I think they've made a couple of huge mistakes with a lot of fighters. Dude, Cynthia Cavalio legitimately got suspended for two years for smoking weed. Come on, son. That's trash. So it goes back and forth, man. But when you have something like this, man, it's hard to defend you, man. I feel bad for it. I really, really do. But, man, you tested hot for just straight out steroids, fam. So, All right. Round number four. This came out of nowhere. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't see it. And it it hurts my heart for this dude, man. It does. Robert Whitaker is out of UFC 248. Robert Whitaker, um, former UFC middleweight champion, has been battling injuries. He's been battling sports hernias. He's been getting knocked out by Adesanya. All kinds of stuff. Have really, really hurt his career, man. And uh, this is just an unfortunate thing. He was going to headline this fight card against the surging uh, Jared Cannonier. This was his fight off of his title loss to um, Israel Adesanya. He was hoping to get a quick win back and get right back into the title picture. They don't know why at this point in time. This came in actually today, Wednesday. This news just came in Wednesday evening. He recently pulled out for unknown circumstances. So we don't know what's going on with that yet. Um, If it is for personal reasons, if it is for his family, I hope everything is okay. Uh, So thoughts and everything go out to his family. Um, But man, this is unfortunate. This is somebody who had all the potential in the world. This is somebody that three years ago was surging he won the ultimate fighter he won the UFC championship but man he hasn't been able to stay healthy it really does remind me of somebody like a Dominic Cruz Dominic Cruz is arguably the greatest 135 pound fighter in history of the sport he's beaten everybody He's beaten names like Demetrius Johnson. He's beaten names like TJ Dillashaw. He beat Uriah Faber. He beat the who's who of the little man's divisions. And when I say little man division, I don't mean about any of the lighter weight classes. So this is a guy, Robert Whitaker, like that. We can look at his resume and legitimately say, man, he beat you, Romero, twice. I thought you well won those fights, but I digress. It's okay. That's on his resume still. Jacare Souza is on his resume. Come on man, that's an impressive. He is one of the great talents. I hope he's able to come back, but um man, if he ends up leaving man, it's going to be a very similar storyline. Um, and actually even less so than like, for instance, Dominic Cruz, but, uh, all thoughts and prayers out to Robert Whitaker and his fam round number five. All right, man, check it out. We're going to finish up round number five. We have some fight announcements, huge fights coming up that I am super excited about. Um, let's stay with the UFC. Cause I feel like we've been talking about the UFC a lot today. Kevin Ye- Lee. Is finally coming back after his huge win versus the formerly undefeated Gregor uh, Gillespie. Kevin Lee, number 10 ranked lightweight in the world, um, 18 and 5 record versus the man with the most submission wins in UFC history. 13 altogether. I am talking about the 28 and 8 killing the game right now Charles Oliveira Charles Oliveira man has also been on a tear he's on a six fight winning streak this is an incredible fight I can't wait to see this one man this is going to be an exciting fight two guys who always come to scrap Kevin Lee is an incredible wrestler He can come forward. He can almost take anybody down. Almost Khabib-esque in the way he can take things down. He looked like he was going to take over the world at one point in time. Unfortunately, his head coach, who was a father figure to him, passed away. And it took him a couple fights to find his footing and find a home. And it seems like he found that up in Montreal. Tri-star with Faraz Zahabi and the boys. But if he wrestles aggressively, man, what happens when he fights against somebody who's such an amazing jiu-jitsu practitioner who we already know is tapping everybody left and right? Charles Oliveira, man, is a beast. And over the last couple of years, not only has he evolved as a mixed martial artist, but, yo, his striking is nuts. He's knocking fools out with flying these elbows now. This fight is going to be incredible. Um, it is going to be uh, March 14th, man. UFC Brasilia. I can't wait to see that one, man. But also, another big fight card um, pulled up. It is the GOAT. In my opinion, man, the greatest fighter of all time. Um, the One of the fastest, one of the most versatile fighters you see. He does everything, not just well, but perfectly. I'm talking about Mighty Mouse, man. Demetrius Johnson, um, who now fights with one championship. He recently won the one world championship uh, Grand Prix, uh, flyweight Grand Prix. Uh, earlier last actually at at the end of 2019 he won the title there uh, getting three big wins in 2019 he won the title and now he's gonna go ahead and fight the one championships uh, feather flyweight champion and that is morais man 18 and 3 brazilian dude is an absolute monster big power in his hands he's gonna make his athletic he has a great ground game he will make it difficult for dj But Demetrius Johnson, record of 30 wins, three losses and a draw is an absolute beast. One of the greatest. I think Mike, you can argue he's the greatest to ever do it. And he's making his return. That fight is going to be in April. It is going to be April in Chen China can't wait man two amazing cards man i'm telling you i really believe that 2020 is going to be one of the best years that we have ever seen in combat sports all right we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna have our sponsors yell at you guys for a second and we're gonna give you my fight picks for ufc 246 yep all right guys remember The Fight Podcast, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, hosted by me, Serge Vicente, the Underground King, is brought to you each and every week by Sage. Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. They actually, if you're in the Chicagoland area, they cook and deliver healthy meals directly to your home or office. If you're not in Chicago, it's totally cool. Sage Eats has something for you as well. Sage Eats offers fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation. For each of them, they will write a pro a monthly program for you to follow and they will check in with you with your own fitness mentor or nutrition consultant weekly. Sage Eats is here for you guys. Sign up today and get your first three months with 10% off, man. So sign up for Sage Eats, promo code FIGHT. First three months, you get 10% off. And now, do not forget where to follow the FIGHT podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Also, check us out at the website, thefightpodcast.com. You can even donate to help us do bigger things here, bring bigger guests, get better equipment, man. Continually bringing you the best content possible. Um, also, you can check me out, also, The Underground King, all social media platforms at Serge Vicente. Check out the show, all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. All right. Let's go ahead and hear what I got to say about these young fight picks. <laughs> all right. Here it go, man. I'm going to run through these, man. UFC 246. It's going to be a great fight card, man. I'm going to start off at the bottom with a couple of notable fights. And then I'm going to go ahead and let's rock through the main card. Uh, first of all, notable fights. On the prelims, there's Andre Touchy Feely. Andre Feely, man, an absolute beast. Uh, He's out of Team Alpha Male out there in Sacramento with the head coach. You know you're right, Faber, man. So he is an absolute beast. I cannot wait to see this fight. But he is fighting, unfortunately for him. Friend of the show. He's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, one of the other Nigerian nightmares. I'm talking about Super Sadiq Youssef. Epis- uh, not episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, record at 10 and 1. He's on a three fight winning streak, man. Dude is an absolute beast, okay? Uh, 145, man, has amazing talent. Andre Fili with a record of 20 and 6. Seems like he's coming into his own, man. Both men are coming off big wins. Both men are really. Just wrecking shop. Um, This is going to be an exciting fight. This has all the potential to be fight of the night. Two great guys. Two amazing, athletic, extremely well-rounded fighters. As we already know, you can check through. Sadiq has been on our show. He is a Lloyd Irving-trained fighter. That means he's incredible on the ground. Um, He comes from a wrestling background also, so he has incredible jiu-jitsu. He has incredible wrestling but, oh, let's not forget, he can also knock your face clean off. Sadiq Youssef is a monster. Um, I have him beating Andre Touchy Philly. All right, man. Uh, that, that's a good one, man. I think I've heard a couple people talk about it, but I, not as much as I think I would like to, man. But that fight should be a great one. Also on this, on the prelims are Macy. They're actually headlining the prelims, and that is Macy Barber. Macy Barber is, as of right now, she's ranked, what, number two ESPN poll prospect of the year? Not prospect of the year, prospect under 25. Top 25, under 25, Macy Barber is right now number two. She's a beast. She's only 20, what? Two years old or 21 years old she wants to be the youngest champion in ufc history she wants to beat john jones's record of being 23 years old and she believes that she can do it um she trains with the great camp she trains up in milwaukee with roof sport with the great coach duke rufus and team anthony pettis sergio pettis and all the boys up there so um She's amazing. I, I think she's great, but she fights the um, the always tough man, uh, Roxanne Martaferri. Man, she's great. Record of uh, 23 and 17, just an OG in the game. Um, 37 years old, man, and she's still knocking people off. Very, very tough, but. I'm not going to lie to you, man. She's coming off of loss, and I think she's fighting the most ferocious uh, young fighter I've seen, man. Uh, Macy Barber was a record of 7-0. and Dude, she got six, five knockouts and two submissions. She's a beast. I can't wait to see this fight, but you know I got Macy Barber winning this fight and moving right along to bigger and better things. I actually believe Macy Barber is going to end up fighting for the title this year because i think she's really going to rip through the top 10 i think she'll probably end up fighting three times this year and if she doesn't fight for the title at the end of this year she'll definitely fight uh for it early 2021 all right um let's jump right into it man the main card the main show this isn't the most entertaining card of all time i'm not gonna play with you guys and say this is like the most stacked card ever but it's a good card it's it's like um it's like a really really solid fight night that that's the best way i could explain this is a fight night card that's just with a superstar headlining event but there's still a lot of good fights on it man and the one i want to start off with is the curtain jerker the one that's going to go ahead and kick the kick the main card off again one of my favorites Anthony Showtime Pettis. Anthony Pettis, former champion at lightweight, uh, 155 pounds in MMA, uh, record of 22-9. and nine. Unfortunately, it's coming off of a loss to Nate Diaz, but as we've seen, he actually had a bad cut on his hand, so that really could have affected him in that fight. But he's fighting the monster, uh, Diego Ferreira. Diego Ferreira is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He is 16-2. and two. He is on a five-fight Winning streak. His last fight, man, he be you know Tassimov. That dude is a monster. So uh, this is hard for me because before I've never picked against Anthony Pettis. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. He's extremely like I, I, I told you guys about him earlier. He's a monster. I love Anthony Pettis, but he has an Achilles heel. And that's Achilles heel is an aggressive grappler who wrestles him all day. Dude, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm literally changing my pick on the spot. I had Diego Fajardo pick to win this fight. Diego Fajardo really still has a great opportunity to win this fight. That cut on Anthony Pettis' hand really, I think, messed with him the last fight physically he looks great anthony pettis off of his back jiu-jitsu wise is awesome ah i'm gonna stick with it man look all right diego Ferrer, i think is gonna end up getting this win i think he gets it by decision by trying to wrestle and really control the posture of anthony pettis my heart's with anthony pettis but man, I think just stylistically, we might have to go with the Diego Vera, who actually is the favorite, very slight favorite of the favorite for this one. So I got a Diego Vera winning by decision. All right. Also on this card, which is a pretty fun fight, we have Claudia Gadelia. Claudia Gadelia, one of the best women at 115 for a very long time. She was in Brazil, she had some, as she puts it, she wasn't really happy with her training after a while, so she started losing, she had a little bit of a rough patch, she's moved, she's up in New Jersey with Ricardo Almeida and the boys up there and she feels like she has a new lease on her career, she feels like she's she's ready to continue developing as a fighter, man, so I really appreciate that, but uh, she's fighting a very, very, very tough Alexa Grasso, man, um, Alexa Grasso coming off of a loss to Carla but she is, again, very tough, good boxing, good hands, um, good takedown D, man, but I got Claudia Gadelia winning this one. I think she also gets a big win. I think she's training with a better team. I think she's going out there. And I think she's an absolute beast, man. I've always been a fan of hers. I believe in the team that she's currently with. I have to go with Claudia Gadelia. All right. Cole... Main event is the former 135 pound champion of the UFC's women's division, Holly Holm, versus Raquel Pennington, who is a former title challenger at 135. She, both women, actually have recently lost to the goat in Amanda Nunes. Uh, Raquel Pennington is ranked number five. Holly Holm is ranked number three. This is going to be a good fight. This is actually a rematch. They fought. That was Holly Holmes' first fight in the UFC. It was a very close. It was a very tough fight. Holly Holmes squeaked past Raquel Pennington. Um, Raquel Pennington with really a salty-ass record of 10-8. and um, But uh, she's coming off of a win. She, again, always tough, always evolving. Holly Holmes is coming off of a knockout loss against Amanda Nunes, trying to get off the schneid. Man, I got Raquel Pennington. With that saucy-ass record, yo, I do. I think Holly Holm, man, I hate to say it like this, yo, she's 38 years old. And since she's been in the UFC, she has not evolved. She hasn't. She hasn't evolved at all. She comes from such a great pedigree, such a great team. She was a multiple-time boxing world champion. She's a beast. But it seems like she, her distance control, she doesn't let her hands go, which I just don't understand. She has not evolved and she honestly, in her entire UFC career, aside from a couple moments, head kick knockout, obviously, of Ronda Rousey, biggest upset at the point in time in UFC history. I called it, but hey, who's counting? Her last win, head kick knockout by Betch Kohea. Arguably, she beat Jermaine Durand to me for the 145 pound title, but she didn't. She took a L. I think it's. I, I just don't know. I, I think her time is past. I think her time has come. I think her time is gone. She's still a name, but she's 38 years old, and if she loses this fight, I think it might be time to uh, to call it quits. Uh, but who am I to tell any great fighter when to call it quits? If she wants to continue, keep doing your thing. Um, but I got Raquel Pennington winning this fight. All right. Main event time, Conor McGregor, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Both men coming off of a loss. Conor McGregor's last loss was October 6th of 2018. Donald Cerrone's last loss was against Justin Gaethje, where he got a first round knocked out. Both men, by the way, finishing their last fight. (laughs) A lot of time in between for Conor, though. Uh, But Justin Gaethje, he lost to Donnarooney record thirty six and thirteen. I broke him down uh, the last episode, and I talked about how amazing and how well rounded he is. And I think he has all the skills. Um, and we're also talking about Conor McGregor, former champ, champ uh, at, at with a record of twenty one and four. Yo, it is hilarious. I'm actually on the UFC's website, and they literally still have a picture of Conor McGregor holding his belt. Conor McGregor hasn't won a fight in three years, and they still have this motherfucker holding a picture of his belt. Yo, they dick-eating. Yo, they be out there dick-eating for real, man. That's nuts. But whatever, man. Um, look, this fight, I'm excited for. Two men who always come and bring it. Two guys who are really going to go ahead and put it out there, especially on Donna Cerrone's side. And I've honestly gone back and forth with this fight. I'm still might change my mind. All week on the last couple of shows and everything that I've been on, I've been saying, look, this fight is the, very simple to look at. UFC 205 Conor McGregor beat Eddie Alvarez. That was his last win. That is Conor McGregor at his peak. That was Conor McGregor at his prime. He looked amazing. Quick. His movement is, is, he's like a snake. Bouncing back and forth. You can never really get a beat on him. That's what makes him so dangerous. That in and out movement, that bounce, really allows it so that It's difficult to kid him because he's quick enough to get out of the way. If you come towards him, he's able to bounce in, attack you, bounce out. So he's literally able to get in and get out quickly. A la somebody like a Manny Pacquiao in boxing. Not the same, but the same concept. The way they come in and out, bouncing in and out. Karate-esque looking kind of look. Um, He starts off like a bat out of hell, fam. He really goes out there, and I've never seen a fighter come out quicker and stronger than Conor McGregor in my life. Now, I was just recently reading an article when Eddie Alvarez, former champion, somebody who actually has fought both men. He said at one point in time he was in the locker room with Conor, and what really made him, which he has never seen before, and we're talking about Eddie Alvarez, he's won a title in every organization he's ever been in dude is a legend he said he's never seen this before and he says what Conor McGregor does prior to the fight is that he goes full-on sparring session hard sparring beating the shit out of his training partners I wouldn't condone it but I obviously it, it works and it works because he's he's prime. It makes sense why he's so sharp right off the bat. I get it. I do. I wouldn't do it. You you, you don't you don't you know you don't can't break your toys, man. Then no one won't play with you no more. Can't do that. And you just a dick. Why would you do that to people? <laughs> but look, I get it. And that's what Eddie Alvarez said. And a lot of people, for instance, Dominic Cruz, one of the most brilliant minds in MMA. He also went on to say he believes that Don Cerrone should get himself going in a very similar manner. A pretty much like a 75% spar, get it like a round and a half in so that you're ready to go. Now, also, it kind of brings the question why people sit there and they talk about Conor's cardio. If he's going full on beating people's ass before the fight, that's probably why he always he's only a seven minute fighter. Mm, I don't know. We'll see. So that's that, right, with him. That's Conor. Don Cerrone is another monster. Don Cerrone is somebody that he comes, he's a rhythm fighter who comes in waves. He's very, very vulnerable in the beginning. He's a little tight. He's a little flat-footed. He keeps his chin kind of high in the air. But the moment Don Cerrone begins getting his rhythm Donna only comes on like a wave dinosaur only is an extremely well-rounded fighter great grappling great wrestling and as we all know he comes from a kickboxing background he has the most head kick knockouts in ufc history he has the most finishes in ufc history he has the most bonuses cowboy is an absolute beast So I do believe he's getting a little overlooked by the mainstream and mainstream media. You should have heard. Stephen A, Max Kellerman and Molly, whatever fuck her last name is, you should have heard Queerum, Queerum Rose. I don't want to be rude. She seems lovely. But yo, she don't know shit about MMA and neither does Stephen A. God, it blows my mind why they let certain people talk about it. I appreciate it, but yo, do do some research. They were literally pissing Donald off during the interview. But regardless, um, Donald is a fighter. They're gonna come forward. He's gonna go ahead and out there do this thing. Um, this is going to be a good fight. This is going to be a competitive fight. It also depends on Donald Cerrone's. I know what I'm gonna get from Connor. No moment is too big. Donald Cerrone, at some point in time, the knock on him is that he can't win the big one. He had a chance for a title shot against RDA at one point in time. Got finished in the first round. He had an opportunity to have a number one contender fight. To get to that, Anthony Pettis beat him. Knocked him out in the first round. If he beat Justin Gaethje this year, now people are looking at kind of at Cowboy Cerrone like he's a scrub fan. he Yes, he's on a two fight losing streak, but he lost to the number one and the number two guys in that division. And if he beat either of them, he would have gotten a title shot. I believe in ring rust. I do. I really do. And all week I've been saying, I believe Conor McGregor is going to starch Donald Cerrone probably in the right beginning. But then I saw the, the, the first face-offs today. And Conor's been quiet. And during the press conference, he was super, super um, complimentary to Donald Cerrone. That I'm going to knock him out, but I respect him. You know, there's no, be no bad blood, all the stuff. That could not be a worse error in game planning. Donald Taroni does not do well with friction. If Donald Taroni, if you're an ass and you're talking shit, Nate Diaz, uh, Anthony Pettis, when you do those things, he does not perform well. But when you're buddy, buddy, you're hugging him, you ain't see Maderos fight. He comes out there to fuck you up. Because there's nothing. He goes out there, he's happy. He's going out there to do his thing, he doesn't feel the pressure. Conor McGregor has just made a big mistake. I'm changing my pick. I am rocking with Dallas Cerrone is going to get the third round KO of Conor McGregor. Yeah, that's it, man. That's how it's going to happen. Watch. Now, I might change my mind again. I'm not going to stunt Friday. We're going to have one more episode breaking this fight down, and I am bringing back on a special guest. So uh, we will be doing that, and uh, we'll see. But as I get like, a couple days left, a couple more days to break it all down. Um, but all in all, look, I'm excited to see this. I cannot wait for this fight card. Man, I can't wait for this main event. I actually this week will be hosting at um, Mullins, Mullins Pub, at um, right here in Chicago, straight down Western. I'll have all the information on our IG page. But I'll be hosting the fight, man. I'll be out there talking trash with everybody, enjoying ourselves. So come out, hang out with me, man. We're going to have a great time. Um, yo. This has been fun, man I always appreciate it So look, check it out This is episode 174 Of the greatest combat sports and culture show In the entire universe I'm your host, the Underground King Serge Vicente, man Check me out everywhere, man Check me out on IG At Serge Vicente Check out the Fight Podcast Tell your friends Let everybody you know about it Check out Sage Eats I will holla at y'all next time, man Love you as always Deuces